Who is Jesus? If you ask that question to someone who really doesn't know Jesus, she might say something like, He was a good example. Well, Jesus is much more than that. He is God, Lord, and Savior. And yes, He's also our perfect example of true servanthood. Jesus is focused on the needs of His people, He's compassionate and loving. And he's submissive and obedient to the Father. Stephen called this lesson, Surprising Descriptions of Jesus the Messiah. Someone once said, the world is filled with people who want to serve in an advisory capacity. (laughs) That's true, isn't it? We have far too many celebrities and not enough servants. Well, beginning here in Isaiah chapter 49, the prophet is going to reveal how the Messiah becomes a servant. He's going to humble himself in such a way that the terminal disease of sin can be given an antidote, a cure that will last forever. Now, this chapter begins the second of four servant songs here in the book of Isaiah. These are songs that describe uh, the life, uh, the ministry of the Messiah. Now, this song begins here at verse 1. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples, from afar. So this message isn't just for Israel. This is for every nation that needs to hear the gospel. Now, the Messiah speaks in verse 2. He, God, made my mouth like a sharp sword. He made me a polished arrow. In other words, his message is a matter of life and death, And his message, by the way, never misses the bullseye of our heart. Now, this servant here is addressed in verse 3 as Israel. And we understand that he will come from a Jewish lineage. But more than that, the Messiah will be uh, the embodiment of what the nation of Israel failed to be. That is, the one in whom God will be glorified, as verse 3 states. Now, here in verse 4, we have one of the most personal moments ever recorded between the Messiah, Jesus, and God the Father. Frankly, we're not used to hearing how Jesus felt while serving here on earth. But I want you to remember, while Jesus is fully God, he's also fully man. Uh, He was touched with the same feelings that we have, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. Yet, unlike us, he never allowed his feelings to turn into sin. Well, here in verse 4, Isaiah reveals how he felt at times, and he quotes the Messiah saying, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing. So, as a man, Jesus had moments where he struggled over the rejection of his earthly ministry. His hometown folks tried to push him off a cliff after he preached his first sermon in Luke chapter 4. You know, I've preached some sermons in my day, and people didn't like him, but I never had anybody try to push me over a cliff afterward. Well, that happened to the Lord. In fact, at one occasion, the Lord's half-brothers and half-sisters didn't believe him, and they came to take him away, Mark chapter 3 says, thinking he'd lost his mind. Well, maybe your family thinks that you're out of your mind for following the Lord. You might think none of that hurt the Lord's feelings at all, that he just sort of, you know, sailed through it all. 
Well, we would be absolutely wrong. Listen, let's not try to protect the Lord's deity to the point of diminishing his humanity. Can you imagine how encouraging it was for Jesus to hear at his baptism, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, Matthew 3.17? Well, he also heard this from his father who is speaking here in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 6. I will make you, Jesus, that is, as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. How encouraging that was to the Lord. Now, here in chapter 50, we have the third servant song, and four times here the servant Messiah refers to God, the Father, as Lord God, that is Adonai Yahweh, which means sovereign Lord. And that's because this particular song features the submission of the Messiah to the will of his Father. You know, I've had people over the years tell me that Jesus can't be God, can't be deity, because he obeyed God the Father. After all, didn't Jesus talk about doing the will of his Father? Well, that's true. In fact, Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 tells us that Jesus, however, is equal with God the Father, yet he did not grasp, he didn't cling to that equality. In other words, when Jesus entered the world, he temporarily set aside his divine right to live like God in order to become subordinate to the Father in his role as the God-man. So, think of it this way. Jesus is equal in essence with his Father, but subordinate in function. Well, that's just like your children. They're equally human but they're subordinate to you as a parent, or at least you hope they are at bedtime. Equal in essence, subordinate in function. Now, another aspect of Jesus's humanity here is that he's going to learn the Word of God. He speaks here in verse 4, "'The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with the Word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear.'" as those who are taught. Well, if you've ever wondered what Jesus was doing during those 30 years before he began his ministry, he wasn't just working as a carpenter. He was studying the Word. He was learning the Word of God. I like the way one author applied that in a challenge. He wrote, if Jesus needed to study the Word of God, what about you? What about me? We're also told here of the Lord's willingness to suffer. Listen to the amazing precision of this prophecy here in verse 6. I gave my back to those who strike, and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. Does that sound familiar? Well, that's exactly what happened to Jesus, recorded in Matthew chapter 26. But listen to this. Jesus depended on his relationship with his Father to make it through all of that just as we must do today. In fact, the Lord says that here in verse 7. The Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. Now, with that, all of chapter 51 and the first 12 verses of chapter 52 form another section of Isaiah's prophecy. And here, uh, the focus is on the Jewish people who are going to suffer defeat and exile in Babylon. 
Here in this section, the prophet is urging them to remember where they came from. He says here in chapter 51 now, in verse 1, Listen to me, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. Well, the point is clear. What the Lord began with one man, Abraham, he's going to finish. He's going to multiply. And by the way, this is the same promise given to you and me today over in the book of Philippians. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1.6. In other words, God isn't finished with you either until he takes you home. He didn't finish with me. He's going to multiply your life, and he's doing that as you live for him. I read some time ago about Louis Pasteur, the French chemist and microbiologist. He had many achievements that included the development of vaccines for several diseases. Well, during his day, thousands of people died from rabies, so Pasteur worked diligently to find a cure. At one point, he was so convinced that he had successfully formulated the vaccine for rabies that he was planning on experimenting on himself. But before he did, a young boy in his region named Joseph Meister was bitten by a rabid dog. His mother pleaded with Pasteur to try out his new vaccine on her son. In fact, it was his only chance for survival. Well, over a number of days, Pasteur gave those injections to young Joseph, and the boy survived. He was completely cured of rabies. Many years later, as Louis Pasteur was preparing for his own death, he was asked what epitaph he would want carved on his tombstone. Now, keep in mind that Louis Pasteur had accumulated a lifetime of accomplishments and had been given (laughs) numerous awards. Well, Louis Pasteur thought for a moment or two and then responded. He only wanted three words carved into his headstone. Those three words were these, Joseph Meister lived. You know, that's the legacy of our wonderful, humble, sacrificial servant Messiah. His work has cured us from the disease of sin. Because of Jesus Christ, we live. In fact, we're going to live forever. Well, until our next wisdom journey, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Stephen called today's lesson, Surprising Descriptions of Jesus the Messiah. He has a few more lessons to go in Isaiah And those will be in the days ahead as we continue this wisdom journey through the Bible. One of Stephen's passions is training and equipping men and women for service to God. That's why he founded and serves as the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. For more information, go to our website, wisdomonline.org, and you'll find a link to STS at the bottom of the page. Please be sure and join us next time as we continue along this wisdom journey.